Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. He says, when one cries, we all cry. When one laughs, we all laugh. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. That's why you came on the day of Pentecost, to release your power in Jesus' name. Maybe you want to sit. We're going to go into worship again. So it was on the day of Pentecost. If you want to sit, you may. There was a mighty, mighty sound of wind. The power that came into that place that day. And it says that tongues, what looked like tongues of fire, came in and spread. I love that. It says it spread. And touched every person there. I just thank you, Lord, that you're touching every person here in this room this morning. That the fire of your spirit is touching every person. You leave nobody out. It's touching every person here. His spirit. And then it goes on to say, They were filled, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Because they were filled, the Spirit enabled them. And then it goes on to say, when those that were outside and as they heard this noise, I love it that we had noise here this morning because they heard the noise when the Spirit came and people were filled with the Spirit. They heard this noise. I'm praying that the whole of this area one day will hear the noise as we move out of this place because we are carriers of His name, because we are carriers of the power of the name of Jesus that will break down every wall. And they heard their language. They understood their language as the believers came out. And then they said, what is this? And some said, oh, they are drunk. They are drunk. As I pondered that, I thought, you know what? This morning, if I suddenly start speaking in Portuguese, which I don't know, and somebody hears me, and they are from Portugal, they're not going to think Roseanne's drunk. It wasn't because of what they heard. It wasn't just because you heard somebody speaking in your language. Think about it. You don't think, oh, well, they spoke in my language, so they must be drunk. What was it that they saw that they thought these people are drunk? Imagine when we walk out here and people out there say, oh, they're drunk. They're drunk. And then Peter stands up 
And he says, no, then, not drunk with wine. He says, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And I thought about that. And I thought, the spirit is not limited. He's not just going to come at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever time. He can't come at nine o'clock in the morning. He can come at any time and make us drunk in him. It's not just after nine. We can wake up knowing the power of God on us. We can wake up in the middle of the night knowing the Spirit of God is upon. Have you ever woken up and you're shaking in the bed? And you know, well, I'm not just shaking. The Spirit of God is here with me. He can come upon us at any stage. He loves to come in the suddenlies. I mean, suddenly they heard a loud noise. Suddenly. You know, I remember when we went into ministry 44 years ago, George was a baby. Sorry, George. Just let it out there. And I woke up one night and I thought what I heard sounded like a train in the distance. And I thought to myself, no, there's no train around here. There's no train station around here. So what is this that I'm hearing? But it got louder and louder and louder until the whole house shook. It was an earthquake. But it reminds me of this day, the day of Pentecost, when they heard this noise just filling the place where they were at. And they were filled with the Spirit. Oh, Lord, I want that again. I want, I want Pentecost every day, every moment of the day. And then Peter says, no, they're not drunk. This is what Joel had prophesied many years ago. I better put my glasses on. can't really see what's going on here. Okay. He said, and he said, this is what Joel prophesied. I will pour out my spirit on everyone, on everyone. Young men will see visions, old men will have dreams, and all will proclaim my message. I thought, Lord, where do I fit this elderly lady? Where do I fit into that? It was about men, it was about young boys, but it's for all of us, all of us. And the Holy Spirit comes to make us bold, just like he did with Peter to spread the good news. You see, Jesus was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. He went to the River Jordan, and there he went to John the Baptist to ask to be baptized in water. I know it says John wasn't so keen about that because he knew Jesus was greater than him. But in obedience, Jesus went into the water. And it says when he was coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. Think about that. I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit has come to us, but not as we expected. Not as we expected. He came in the form of a dove and settled upon Jesus. And then we know the Father said, this is my beloved Son. I am well pleased with Him. I'm going to share something. 
And some of you think, Roseanne, what did you eat this morning? What did you drink this morning? One. Nine o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I was lying on my bed, just aware of his presence, and just praying and exalting him and crying out to him, when suddenly a feather, a little white feather, came down from the roof. And as it came down, I just put out my hand and I caught it and I put it into a little matchbox to keep. And you know what? It wasn't like, oh, that's amazing. Now I said, Holy Spirit, I know you're here with me. I know you're just revealing yourself to me. It wasn't a dove. It was just a little feather. Could have been from a dove. I don't know. You see, we need to be aware of everything. Then I went into Woolworths a couple of months later. And again, I just picked up a jar. I think it was of jam. And there sitting on top of the jar was a little white feather. Now, come on. Where do you see that? And I thought, Lord, you're not only with me in my room. You're even with me when I go shopping. You're here with me. And then I went to watch one of the children play rugby. And as I was on the field, a feather just came down and landed near me. I want you to know, there are many times he's showing you he's with you. Don't ignore what he's doing. Have you ever felt just the wind of the Spirit just come past you? I've stood there sometimes, and I felt like this breeze, and I thought, was somebody walking past? Is there a fan on? What then I say, oh, Lord, I thank you for your presence. We need to be aware of him all day. Every day, because he never leaves us, nor forsakes us. We know that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the desert. He was tempted, but of course we know the enemy didn't succeed. Then, it's, then the word says he came out of the desert to return to Galilee, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we can be full. But are we filled with his power? He said to his disciples, who had been filled on the day of Pentecost, he said, I, he said, had walked with him, he said, wait, wait, because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who is exactly like me in every way. And you will do greater things than me. Why? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He is all-powerful. He is all-known. I'm going to send him. He's exactly like me. And wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and clothes you in power. Do you know that we're not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but we are clothed in the Holy Spirit? Clothed in power. He says, clothed in power for service. You see, God, we are empowered not only to bring the good news, but to display the good news. Not only to preach it, 
not only to talk, but to display the power of God. But we need the filling of his Holy Spirit. Oh, I nearly fell then. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, in the crack there, I nearly did a little number. You could have thought she's drunk. Yeah, could have been that too. Then just after that, he goes to the he goes to the synagogue on a Sabbath, as he he did regularly, and I love it. It says he stood up and he said, "Today, about the prophet Isaiah, today what the prophet of Isaiah said about me has been fulfilled." And then he unrolls the scroll. And he goes on and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has chosen me. Do you know that he's chosen you? You didn't just choose him. He chose you for a purpose. The spirit of the Lord has chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free the oppressed. And the time has come when the Lord will save his people. He's come to bring freedom from everything that oppresses you. What oppresses you? Who oppresses you? Well, you know, in John 3, 8, it says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. That's what he came. He said, I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. The one who wants to keep you bound. The one who wants to stop you from enjoying the Lord. The one that wants to bring you into bondage instead of liberty. He says, I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. I remember when I had an amazing encounter with the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and I have had on numerous occasions, as I'm sure you all have. But it was on a day where I thought, Ian said, we're going to this meeting and we're going to hear about what the Spirit is doing, how he's moving in England and all over. And he says, so I'm going to go get together with a whole lot of pastors from this city. And he said, we we're going to listen to a tape about how the Spirit is moving. And he told me some of the things that were taking place. And I thought, no, this can't be the Holy Spirit. This is another Spirit. And at the time, I was teaching on the strategies of the enemy. I was teaching on deliverance. I was teaching on warfare. And so when I heard this, I thought, oh, no, no, I know this can't be of God. They can't be rolling on the floor. They can't just be laughing. They can't be doing all these things. This is not of God. So I thought I had the badge to discern. So I, I said, no, I've got to come. I've got to see this so I can warn the ladies. I want to warn them about what's going on. I mean, me. I was going to warn them. Anyway, I get there, and we're all sitting in a big circle, and they put on the tape. We didn't have the videos and all those things. It was just a tape. 
And this guy starts to speak about the Holy Spirit and how he's coming to the meetings and what's been taking place in their meetings that's totally disrupted the meetings. The Spirit's just totally disrupted the meetings. So as I'm listening to this, I look down and I see another pastor's shoes, feet, and I just thought they looked very funny. There wasn't actually anything funny about the shoes, but I thought they looked very funny. So I started to want to laugh. And I said to Ian, I can't stop. I want to laugh. So Ian said, no, not now. It's not the time and it's not the place. I think you better just get up quietly and go to the ladies. I was the only woman. So I got up and as I got up, I remember I flew across the room and I hit the one wall and then I flew across to the other side and hit another wall and then I landed in a flower pot. (laughs) And now the whole meeting had stopped. These pastors were all looking at me and then I said to them, won't you all kneel down? I was now kneeling down. And I said, I want you to follow me. Do you know they did that? I mean, I had incredible power and authority at that moment. <laughs> and I, I, I knelt down and I said, now follow me. And they did. And so all these pastors were on their knees and I'm singing, row the boat ashore. Hallel- pastors, row the boat ashore. Hallelujah. And, you know, we were going like this, and they were singing, pastors row the boat ashore, hallelujah. I mean, what was that about? I have no idea. But, you know, we had a wonderful party with the Lord. We had a wonderful celebration with the Lord that lasted on and on. I mean, we were teaching a Bible college, Ian and I, where we were at, we had, and it was due for them to have their sort of end of the season exam. But every time we stood up, people fell over. And we all fell over. We had to give up the Bible. It didn't work. Because the Lord came and just disrupted every meeting. Are you ready for him to disrupt this meeting as we gather? He wants to disrupt. He wants to come in with his suddenlies. I know he likes order. But it's, our, it's not our kind of order. He's got a whole another agenda. He wants us to have life and fullness of life. He wants us to enjoy him and celebrate him. I said last week when Wes was speaking about celebration and enjoying him and parting with the Lord, I said, well, who stopped the party? Who stopped it? The Lord didn't stop the party. I mean, he was at a wedding celebration and the wine ran out. And he knew that that the party would end, the celebration would end. So what happened? He turned water into wine so the celebration could keep going. Do you know that we are the bride of Christ? Sorry, men. We are the bride of Christ, all of you, men included. We are the bride of Christ. He is the bridegroom. He wants us to celebrate him. He wants us to celebrate this marriage together. He wants us. You know, it's not just, I'm going to celebrate him as a bride, and he's a bridegroom in heaven. He wants us to celebrate now with him. He doesn't want the party to stop. And so I just want to say to you this morning 
that he can see each one of us. The word says his eyes go to and fro looking for those whose hearts are committed to him. Isn't that beautiful? His eyes are going to and fro over us this morning to see whose hearts are committed to him. You know, sometimes we want to be seen and sometimes we don't want to be seen. You know, when we're little, we want to be seen. We want to say, Mommy, look at me. Daddy, look at me. We love the attention of the ones that love us. We want their attention. Then we go, maybe later we go to a rugby match. Have you seen when the, when the cameraman scans across the people and suddenly somebody's in there and they're trying to look into the camera and sort of wave as to say, whoever's at home, I'm here, I'm here. We want to be noticed. Or when we, at, when we were at school, how many years ago? But when we were at school and the teacher asked a question, and we know the answer. We want to put up a hand and say, I know the answer. And we wave and we want the attention. Except I didn't. Let me say this. I didn't want to be noticed. So when I was at school, I'd always choose the back of the classroom. But it wasn't long before the teacher put me right in front of her. <laughs> and I won't tell you the reason why. So she could keep a beady eye on me. And I remember going, and I went, to the, I went to boarding school very young, and it was, it was about standard six then. I'd been since standard four. Standard six then, and um, when I arrived at the beginning of the year, I discovered I had a, ro a, a room to myself. And I thought, wow, I've really been put up a peg or two here. And I got into my room only to discover I was right next to the matron. <laughs> and that was the reason. It had nothing to do with privilege. But I knew how to disguise myself. So I dressed a pillow up in my pajamas and I put it in the bed. So it would look like me. So when she looked at the pillow, when she looked in my bed, she'd think I was there. Let me say something to you here. I was driving to the church the other day when I heard this. Do you see people or do you see trees? Do you see people or do you see trees? And as I thought about that, I thought, you know what? Do I really see people for who they are? Or do I just see them in the natural and think I know who they are, but it's not really them? What do I see when I see people? I was hoping at the school she'd see trees, because it wouldn't really be me there. But you see, the Lord was showing me that we can look at people through our natural eye. You see, that, that blind man that Jesus was praying over when he said to him in the gospel, what do you see? He said, I see a man, but he looks like a tree. Then he prayed again and he said, what do you see now? And he said, I see a man. 
You see, we can have the Holy Spirit, but are we walking in the Holy Spirit? Because if we're walking in the Holy Spirit, we should be seeing people through the eyes of the Spirit. We should be seeing people through the eyes of Jesus. But so often we're walking after the flesh. And so I can see somebody, but not really see them. I can make a judgment, but it might not be for real. And I know I'm one of those that can be easily distracted. People tell me sometimes they wave at me, and I sort of just walk past. If I do that, please forgive me. Because I know if I'm distracted, I can just walk past because I'm not really seeing you because my mind is on other things. How often do we just walk past? We don't really see the person. I know some, sometimes somebody can be talking to me and I'm sort of half listening, but my mind is somewhere else. But you see, when Jesus sees us, he intentionally looks at us. He gives us his full attention. He's not distracted. He sees us. He sees our need. He sees where we're at. He sees our highs and he sees our lows. He knows everything about me. He was walking with a whole crowd once, many times. And as he's walking, there's this huge crowd and there's a man by the name of Zacchaeus who was a little man, so he, he knew he wouldn't be able to see Jesus. I know that feeling. I know when I'm in a rugby match and there's, everybody stands up, I feel claustrophobic. I can't see anything other than navels. I can't see anything. I go into a rugby match where there's crowds. This little man climbed a tree. But when Jesus passed, he didn't just see the tree. He saw the person. He saw the man. He wasn't distracted by the tree. He saw him. And he says to Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house. I want to stay at your house. And as I pondered that scripture, I thought, you know what? He wants to come into our space. He wants to come at our sp- the place where we can be real. The place where we can just shut out everything else and be ourselves. He wants that place because he wants to touch our lives at the very core. Not to expose us, not to harm us, but to bring us into freedom so that we can come into everything that he has. He saw Zacchaeus. He knew he was a lonely man. He didn't have a good reputation. He was a tax man. He had taken more than he should have. He was that lonely man just sitting in a tree. He wasn't with the crowd. He wasn't part of the crowd. And he says, come, I want to be in your space tonight. I want to be with you. I want your full attention tonight where there's no distractions. He wants to come into our place. You know, just as I disguised myself as a pillow with a pair of pajamas, we are good at disguising ourselves. 
We are good at wearing masks. But he goes behind the mask into our space. And there he touches us to heal us, to restore us, to set us free. We're wearing masks today. And I look at it and I say, Lord, yes, we're wearing masks because we have to. But we can also be wearing masks because we're ashamed, because we feel guilt, because we carry condemnation. And the Lord says, I want to get behind that mask. I want to get behind that mask. I want to get into to your space. Then we find him coming again into the synagogue on the Sabbath. And this time, he's looking over the crowd. And there was, there was a bent woman. Now, she was, would have been almost invisible because of all the crowd. And we know in those days that the men and the women were separated. The men would have been in the front and the women would have been at the back. And she would have been at the back. But in, amidst all the crowd that would have pressed in there, because we know he was gathering 5,000 and more where he was, he saw this woman. She couldn't look at him in the eye. She was hunched over. All she could see was her feet and, every, and those around her. That was her horizon. That's all she could see. But he sees her. And he sees not only her, but he sees the devil has kept her captive, has bound her for 18 long years. And the amazing thing is, he's caused her to come forward. And I'm thinking, wow, Lord. She, never, she, she probably didn't even have a name to the, with, the, with the people. They would have probably just looked at her and said, oh, there's the bent over woman. There's the bent over woman. And he caused her to the front. I mean, she would have had to shuffle. She, would, wouldn't, she wasn't able to stand up and just say, I can walk straight. She had to shuffle all the way down to Jesus. And then he stretches out his hands. And we know that he says, you are free. You are free today. You are free from all that has kept you captive for 18 long years. What is keeping us captive? What is causing us to bow over because the load is too heavy to carry? What is causing us that we can't, we can't look people in the eye? And he says to her, then he goes on and he says, daughter of Abraham. Isn't, he's given her a name. You're a daughter of Abraham. He's given her a family from the house, from the family of Abraham. The blessings that are Abraham's are yours. That's your inheritance. You are blessed to be a blessing to all generations, to all the world. You are, you're a carrier of God's blessing. We have an inheritance. 
He speaks over each one of us. And he says, you are blessed to be my blessing. You are, your inheritance is healing. Your inheritance is the promises. Your inheritance is to be free and to be free indeed. Your inheritance is to enjoy me and to enjoy everyone around you. Your inheritance is to have a party and to continue having a party. That's your inheritance. You see, it's the joy of the Lord that keeps us going. It's his joy that keeps us going. I know when I lost Ian and I thought, Lord, I can't continue. And he said to me, it's not about you. It's about me. It's about him because he could carry me. He would see me through by the power of his spirit. I didn't have to rely on myself. I could rely on him. And when we are in him and filled with him, he comes with rivers of life. So he sets her free. And I want to tell you, It says she stood up and began to praise the Lord. She was upright. But the leaders of the synagogue, they got bent out of shape. They got bent out of shape because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Then we are told about another woman, a woman at the well, who's carrying an empty bucket. And she comes day after day with an empty bucket to fill. How often did we just come to the Lord empty and just say, keep? He says, just continue to be filled. Don't allow ourselves to become empty. Keep filling it. Keep filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit. You see, out of her desert, Jesus said, out of your emptiness, out of your desert, springs of living water will come forth. Out of our dryness, where we're at, we just need to say, Jesus, this is where I'm at. And he wants to give us springs of living water. He offers her that. I'm offering you springs of living water. You will never have to carry that empty bucket again. You try to find satisfaction in, in the world. You had five husbands who's now living with another. He wasn't condemning her. He was saying, but I can give you another way of life. I can give you something where you'll be satisfied. You'll be full. You'll be the well of living water that flows from you. He wants us to be like that well, just waters flowing, flowing from us so that we can be people who can be a blessing to others. And that's what she became. She ran into the village and said, come and see this man who's told me all about myself. And then they came and they said, we not only heard about him, but we've met him. Have we really met him? Do we really know what it is to be filled with his Holy Spirit? Have we really given over to him? Have we really just said, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Fill me. 
overflow. Let it be Pentecost every day. He sees you, doesn't just see a tree. He doesn't see you and think, oh, you know, yeah, not really. He sees you. You know, I went to a prophetic conference in America, Ian and I, to a very well-known prophet. He was speaking. And as he started, he started to prophesy over two people in the front about a tragedy and how God was going to turn this. And this couple sort of indicated, no, it's not us. And he looked, as he was speaking, he looked and he said, actually, you're not the couple. And they said, no, we're not. He said, well, where is this couple that this happened to them? And they were sitting up in the gallery somewhere. And he said, but why are you there? He said, I saw you in these two chairs. He said, I saw you there when God gave me the word. And they said, well, we were sitting there. We were sitting there, but we were asked to move. He said, well, you should have been sitting there. See, he knows exactly where we're at. He knows exactly where we're sitting. I want to end just with the scripture, and I'm going to ask the team to come up. Because I want to leave you with this. He wants you to be filled. He wants you to be filled. And you know, after the day of Pentecost, Peter and the disciples were again together. And they prayed again, Lord, stretch out your hand to do what you've done before. Can we today say, Lord, do what you've done before? Your arm is not shortened to perform your works. He can do again what he's done before because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And it's not just what he's done before, what he wants to do in us every single day. It's not just about looking to the past. We celebrate the day of Pentecost. We celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate that. But the celebration continues and continues and continues. And we cry out again and we say, Lord, we want more. We want this place to shake. We want you to come as with a loud noise. Can we stand and can we declare that word? Can we as one just cry out to God and say, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Empower us, Lord as your servants to speak the Word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal, to move in, I'm losing my voice, signs and wonders by the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. And as they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the Word of God with unrestrained boldness. You know, just as he said to the woman who was bent over, he said, I want you to come forward. 
I thought, you know, what he was doing was said, take a stand today. Take a stand today. In front of all, take a stand today. He might be saying to us today, take a stand. Have we received him, Jesus? Have we been filled by his spirit? Have we been empowered by his spirit? And he would say, take a stand today. And if you're crying out, I want more, Lord. Won't you take a stand and just come forward? Saying today, Lord, I'm going to take that stand. I'm not going to worry about those around me. Because I'm saying afresh today, I want everything. I want everything. I want all of you. I want you, Holy Spirit. And if we look like we're drunk, that's fine. You've probably said to me, yes, Rosanne, I've seen you drunk in the front here on numerous occasions. I have been. And I love it. Because it's a there's that sense of just being free. Just being free to enjoy Him. It doesn't mean you've got to roll on the floor. But can you feel Him? Can you sense His presence in this room? Come, Holy Spirit. Move amongst us. Move amongst your people. Touch each one of us. You see us. You know us. You know exactly our ups and our downs. You're here to meet with us as you met with the woman at the well, as you met with the lady that was bent over, as you met with Zacchaeus. We are always in your sight. We are never invisible. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. We love you. We love you, Father God. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you.